The text for the message this morning is John 11, verses 25 and 26, and then 39 to 44. We'll read these verses together. Good Friday, we had read the full chapter, 1 to 37. So now we look specifically at verses 25 and 26, and here, Jesus said to her, to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? A little later in verse 39, we read that Jesus, deeply moved, came to the tomb of Lazarus. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. In verse 39, Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the gospel I proclaim to you today is that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead with the promise that whoever believes in him will rise together with him. If you believe in Jesus Christ, then you can know that your grave here on earth is not your final resting place, and you will live for all eternity in the presence of your most holy and sovereign creator and God. The book of Proverbs reveals how fundamental this faith is, revealing that belief in eternal life is a perspective that changes how you see life, how you carry out your task. The Lord warns us not to be like the foolish people who think they only have a maximum of 90 years of life, and so they try to satisfy the longings of their heart here and now, building their barns, eating, drinking, and being merry because they think that tomorrow they will die and be no more. Kind of like blind people feeling the walls of the the little windowless hut on a huge and beautiful beach. And they're thinking that this little hut is, is all that there is for them in this life. The world of such people is is small. Their time is short. And so they live in a a flurry with the curse of death 
hanging over their heads like a constant shadow that they're trying to, to push away with their exercise and their makeup. The world needs to know that the only, only the gospel of Easter can set a person free from this illusional prison. The words of our Lord Jesus Christ to Martha in John 11, that he is the resurrection and the life, their life-transforming words that call believers to live with an eternal perspective. Those who believe the gospel of Easter know that they have an eternity to pursue and to fulfill the, the desires of their heart to glorify God with all that they are in every part of their lives. We confess, it's even in our catechism, that this life under the curse of death can be like a life of sorrows. It can be like a, a windowless hut. But we also know that the struggles we face are temporary because even in the midst of our suffering, the Lord Jesus has opened the door of the hut so that the sunlight of eternity can pour in, give warmth and hope to our hearts. It is a wise person who embraces the gospel of Easter and lives every part of his life with this eternal perspective so that when he or she comes face to face with death, they will not have to despair. When Martha expressed her desire for the immediate comfort of having Lazarus back from the dead, the Lord Jesus spoke words to her to remind her that the wall of death is flimsy and temporary for those who believe in him because he would rise from the dead. This is the gospel I preach to you today under the following theme. Our Lord Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We'll see that Lazarus' empty tomb was a prophecy. Jesus' empty tomb was a victory. And your empty tomb is a certainty. The Lord Jesus' conversation with Martha on her way to Lazarus' tomb, on his way to Lazarus' tomb, is, is very important to understand when we want to understand the gospel of Easter. He tells Martha very clearly in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus' explanation that immediately follows shows that these two words, resurrection and life, are not just synonyms, but he is promising two things for everyone who believes in him. First, he talks about the resurrection which is connected to our life on earth in our bodies. And Jesus tells Martha that whoever believes in him, which means submits themselves to his lordship, he says, though he die, yet shall he live. He promised resurrection following the death of the body. And he tells the world that this resurrection after our death is only possible in Jesus Christ. He says the same thing that he says in John 6, verse 40, when he says, For this is the will of my Father, 
that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Secondly, Jesus talks about the life. He says, I am the life, which is related to what we experience in the core of our, of our being, our souls as children of God, whether we are awake or asleep. He talks about a life that we may experience forever. He explains by saying, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. First, there is life, he who lives, the life that we receive from the Father, which is then followed by faith in Jesus Christ, who lives and believes in me, will never die. When Jesus talks about life with him, he does so knowing that he was about to destroy the grip of death when he died on the cross. Jesus does not fear death. And he even teaches that when we believe in him, death is not really a factor anymore. Why should we be hindered by a door that he would open? You see who Jesus is. You see how he sees the world, how he sees the church. When Jesus told the crowds whom he had miraculously fed in John 6, verses 50 to 51, that he is the living bread that came from heaven and that anyone who eats of this bread will not die but live forever. The people turned back and no longer walked with him. When the Lord Jesus on his way to the cross, he repeated this promise to the Jewish leaders in, in John 8, verse 51, where he's, he promised that anyone who keeps God's word will never see death. They condemned him as a heretic. They picked up stones to kill him. When Jesus made the promise to Martha, she believed, she confessed that he was the son of God. And so in fulfillment of his word that we read in John 5, verses 20 to 21, the father showed greater works to his son Jesus so that just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he wills. And Martha would be able to see that. John 11 tells us that all the Jewish visitors from Jerusalem had followed Mary to the tomb when she went there to go see Jesus who had come from the desert. And all these Jewish visitors, they served as witnesses to a very, very amazing miracle. They heard him say, take away the stone." Martha couldn't believe her ears as she reminds, and as, as Martha reminds Jesus of the horrible smell of a decomposing body, we are reminded of how many times we hinder the glorious work of God by 
practical considerations that have more to do with avoiding unnecessary discomfort than with the glory of God's name. In order to see the glory of God rising up out of that which was dead and rotting, Jesus tells Martha, you need to believe. You need to hold to that firm confession that you made that I am the Son of God. She needed to submit herself to his word and to his power. And so the stone was rolled away. Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven, prayed to his Father to thank him for hearing him, and cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The Lord Jesus knew his sheep by name. Our Lord commanded his friend, his sheep, Lazarus, to defy death, and in Jesus' name, walk out of the open tomb. And then to our utter shock, we read the the graphic picture. The man who had died came out. It's verse 44. His hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. He came out. We stand amazed. Word, the power of the word of Jesus Christ. The onlookers must have been stunned and frozen on the spot. For Jesus had to tell them to to go and and free Lazarus from the, the face cloth and the strips of linen that bound his hands and feet. Jesus had raised a dead man and restored him to life. It was the last public sign recorded in the book of John and it served to proclaim who Jesus was. It served to proclaim and announce his own glorious resurrection from the dead. We see this when we look at Jesus' prayer in verses 41 and 42 when he thanked his father for having heard him And we ask, heard him about what? If you look closely to the text, you will see that Jesus is reacting to the fact that they believed him enough to roll away the stone. Jesus is thankful to his Father for the whole opportunity to reveal so clearly to the crowd who he was. And he was thankful for this opportunity, not for his own ego, but so that they would believe in him. Lazarus' empty tomb was a prophecy of his victory to prepare the people around him. And when they they did that, when they rolled the stone away, when the opportunity was given to, to show who he was, the Lord Jesus, in his love for his people, he looked to his father, he said, thank you for having heard my prayer. I know that you always hear it, but I said that, for the sake of the people around me. Even there, with the odor of a four-day dead body wafting out of the cave entrance, Jesus was thinking of the promise of his glorious resurrection and its value for everyone 
who believes in his victory. You see that in our second point, that Christ's empty tomb was a victory. The raising of Lazarus from the dead was not in the first place about Lazarus. But like we saw, we just saw, it was a, it was a prophecy that pointed to Jesus' resurrection. Jesus did the sign so that we would believe in him, so that we would share in the victory that we are commemorating today on this Easter Sunday. In John chapter 20, the Holy Spirit describes the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and and the chapter begins with the amazing announcement that once again, a stone had been removed from a tomb in Israel. The fact frightened the women, Mary Magdalene, and she, she ran to tell the disciples. The disciples went back and we read how they one outran the other and the first who made it to the tomb could see that there was no body there but just some linen cloths lying around. These cloths probably were not just soft pieces of sheet-like material anymore because we read in John 19 verse 39 that in order to counteract the smell Jesus' grave clothes had been soaked by Nicodemus in about 75 pounds of a mixture of myrrh and aloes, which actually made the linen wrap harden up when exposed to air. So when Peter went right into the tomb afterward and he saw the the face cloth separated from the rest of the body, it probably would have looked like a, like a body-shaped cocoon with the head part broken off and separated. And he knew immediately that, that no men could have done this, but that without the help of anyone else, Jesus had risen from the dead. That's why we read, he went all the way in, he immediately believed, together with the other disciples. John repeats the common themes between the two accounts so that we can once again see why we commemorate the resurrection of Jesus but not the resurrection of Lazarus. Although in both cases women were present to see the empty tomb, that in both cases the stone was rolled away from a cave-like sepulcher or tomb, And a dead man was was freed from his grave clothes to enter life again. It's not hard to see that the resurrection of Lazarus is marvelous and, and as unimaginable as it was, it really pales in comparison to the resurrection of our Lord Jesus to which it was pointing. Lazarus had to wait for the stone to be removed He had to wait for the call of our Lord Jesus before he came shuffling or or hopping out, still wrapped in his grave clothes. But Jesus Christ, he he left in, in power and glory without the help of anyone. Jesus broke the cocoon of death by his power, by his innocence. And because of that innocence, They rolled the stone away, sent angels to make sure the witnesses understood that he had crushed 
death and rottenness and left it broken on the ground. And yet the resurrection of our Lord Jesus is superior to Lazarus' resurrection, not only in the outward form, but actually mostly in the effects, in the results of his resurrection. The description of the Gospels is impressive. Whereas Lazarus was given life by Jesus Christ, we read and we read that our Lord Jesus had the authority to give his own life and to take it up again because his Father had granted the Son to have life in himself. John 5, verse 26. The Father granted the Son the authority to have life in himself. That means that our victorious Lord, Jesus Christ, is able to grant the same life that he has obtained to all who believe in him. The Father in heaven revealed that he would restore life and light to his Son when he accepted Christ's death on the cross as payment for all who believe in him. And then we see how Christ's resurrection, what it, what it did for us, how it, what it accomplished for us. Do you see how his resurrection has the power to make us new creatures? As Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians. Romans 4 verse 25 teaches us that Jesus was delivered up to death for our trespasses and raised to our justification. Whereas Lazarus' resurrection didn't serve anyone except to drive them to look at Jesus Christ at that specific time in history, Jesus' resurrection is a guarantee of new life for everyone who believes in him at all times and at all places in the world. John may have been chuckling a little as he wrote verses 49 to 53, John 11 verses 49 to 53, when he pointed out that Caiaphas, the high priest at that time, unwittingly prophesied that Jesus' death would save a nation and gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. This is why we love our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why even today in 2017, we continue to celebrate his resurrection. It changes everything for us. And then we see, brothers and sisters, that the gospel of Easter is not simply that a man overcame death and came back to life. For God had already shown such a miracle in Lazarus' resurrection as well as the widow of Nain and already in the Old Testament, the time of the prophet Elisha. It was not just a man, but it was the son whom the father loved and sent to this world for this exact reason, for you. It was Jesus Christ, our Savior, the innocent one, who rose from the dead. Besides celebrating who rose from the dead, we also rejoice in the reason he did so. 
the celebration of Easter like the celebration of Lord's Supper is not just like a replaying of a past event over and over again as we remember a very special miracle done sometime in the past, but we celebrate how Christ's resurrection changes us today, changes us for all eternity. The only way to share in this victory also today is to believe in him. So in the preaching and letters of the apostles and also throughout church history, the church has always celebrated the fact and the results of the resurrection more than the act of the resurrection at a certain time in history. Even immediately after his resurrection, the Lord Jesus told Mary not to to cling to his resurrected body here on earth because there was more he was going to do. Having risen, he was going to ascend into his, to his eternal throne and he was going to pour out his Holy Spirit and, and gather all the sheep that he bought with his blood and to whom he gave new life. And so starting with the apostles, believers throughout the ages, including us gathered here together in this building this morning, we preach and we believe that because of Christ's resurrection, our eternal life begins right now. We confess that because of Christ's resurrection or by his resurrection, Christ has overcome death so that he could make us share in the righteousness he had obtained for us by his death. Jesus explained this clearly in John 5, verses 24 to 25, maybe the most spoken word that that missionaries speak. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. You see, the two parts of the promise in John eleven twenty five 25 and 26, and now also in John 5, verse 24 to 25, they're connected. First, there is new life. And then on the last day, there will be a great resurrection. And then Jesus Christ's question to Martha comes comes streaming through the ages and arrives at your ears today as we journey through life. He asked her, do you believe this? Do you believe this? And all who do, and that's our confession, that's our joy, we do. All who believe in Jesus Christ are raised to new life in him. Like a new creation or like a a person raised from the dead, 
their faith in Jesus will change who they are and how they live their lives and, and what they like and what they say and what they do on the weekends. Romans 6 reminds us that we are no longer bound up by the grave clothes of sin and the darkness of that tomb. But the doors are open. We see the light of Christ shining in. We are united to him in his resurrection. And so we leave those rotting clothes of death in the tomb of tombs of Satan's grip and we burst out to newness of life. That's why we sing with such joy on this wonderful celebration day. As Paul so clearly teaches in Ephesians 2 verses 5 to 6, Now by the grace of God who saves us through faith, we who were dead in our trespasses are made alive together with Christ so that we may be raised up with him on the last day. That's what you read on the screen when you came in. Ephesians 2, verses 5 to 6. So what will we, what will we rise to see? I don't know all the details, but we read in Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15, that the earth and the sea will both give up the dead in them so that there will be no empty tombs on the earth and everyone will appear before the judgment seat of the great and faithful Father, Creator, and Lord. And all those who waged war against Him and against His church in this life will be punished eternally. All those who denied the glory and the power of Jesus Christ like the Pharisees, and you can read about it in the verses after our text, the Pharisees who, who saw the evidence, who saw the power, who heard the preaching, and they decided, let's kill that man. And then later in verse, chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, they said, let's kill Lazarus too. But a sad and a horrible reaction to the truth of life in Christ. And the warning comes that those who deny this preaching, who ignore it, who continue to, to live in the grave, in the grave clothes of sin, they will discover that they have made a foolish choice with eternal consequences. But we believe. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe that he is the resurrection and the life. The Bible says that whoever believes and whose name is written in the book of life will see the very same one who died on a cross to pay for our sins and then rose to grant us new life in him. You know what? He is the judge of all the earth. He is the one who will call you from your tombs. And the gospel of Easter is that whoever believes in Jesus Christ will hear the voice of their resurrected Lord on that last day 
as he brings your bodies out of the dark hut of the grave to be joined to your souls in eternal glory. And then we see, brothers and sisters, what a blessing it is to embrace Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. He is the resurrection and the life. And when we embrace him, we see it. We experience the resurrection and the life. Christ Jesus has risen from the dead. Indeed, he has risen so that in him we too can rise to new life. We can look forward to our own glorious resurrection. We live with an eternal perspective. He has risen. Hallelujah. Amen.